Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 515 being recorded September 26, 2018. I'm Alan Malventano. I'm Jeremy Hallstrom. <laughs> I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Ken Addison. We need a soundboard with like the mic feedback squeal that you can just on demand like no, you know, no, no, no one needs that. No, no, nope. never. Okay. Anyway, um, I think Jim might have one, but no, he probably does. Unacceptable. So yeah, it's a podcast. We're going to talk about PC hardware and stuff. Um, you know, those things. Where, wait a minute. This is not the other way. Right. To you left. know, podcast. You think right to left. That's how they open. Be casting okay. pods. Actually, I should just, yeah, I should do that from now on. Okay. Um, I'm a genius. I usually just rearrange them after I open them and crap, <laughs> and it's just tedious. And we're now we're going to do it live. <sighs> PCBird.com slash subscribe is where you can uh, give us your name, your email address. We'll let you know before we're going to, did the email go out today? Nope. No. Nope. It's where we might have let you know that we were about to record a thing, but uh, if not, then uh, we usually record them Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Patreon.com slash PCPer, where you can help us keep the lights on. Uh, one of the perks of which we had to take a week off from, just due to scheduling and too many people being out on the, at the date and time that we usually do the mailbag video. So unfortunately, no, ba- no mailbag uh, this week, but we don't usually take those off. Uh, so we'll, we'll make up for it next week. Uh, I was going to try to fill in on it, but then the set of questions that Jim asked me or sent me were like, there was only one good storage question in there that I could competently answer, and everything else was probably something that Ken would be suited to answer. But, uh, probably not. Yeah, I don't know. Ken doesn't want to do a mailbag video, I guess. I don't know. I didn't ask him. I'm just assuming. Nobody needs that. No? Okay. I mean, you're not a bad that's, guy. That's kind of a that's kind of a. Dark, <laughs> I didn't think dark. I'm a bad guy, Alan. I just don't like being on video. <laughs> uh, yeah. you're, but you're right there. Mm-hmm. You're on. You're on video. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. All right. Is in denial? Are they just ignoring me? Uh, who? What? It, am I muted? Or are you just being mean to me? No, we just t- started hearing you now. Oh, okay. Well, geez, uh, Ken, that's kind of a dark shirt you got on. The wrong way around. Do you, uh, do you no mean like dark content wise or dark color wise? No, content wise. It's yeah, a, it is very dark. If dark. you have any objections, you can contact at BitwitKyle on Twitter. And then there you go. Oh, is that a, <laughs> it's a Bitwit shirt. It's a Bitwit shirt. Yeah. <laughs> this is pretty good. All right. Let's just say I wouldn't wear this um, out and about necessarily. Probably not. But for the podcast. <sighs> So if you go to uh, Josh Tech with two Ks and not an H at the end, uh, dot com, you can get to our merch store, which is actually on Teespring. You know, all the fan favorites, uh, Death Wish Raid and Hot Dog Down Hallway, and I still need to send Colleen a Death Wish Raid shirt since she was the one that that coined that, I believe, right? I, I think it was a little bit before my time. Yeah, it was. It was her. She had uh, Velociraptors in a Raid Zero, and I think she was the one that said it was Death Wish Raid. Anyway, uh, you can get the Josh Tech uh, print with two T's. <laughs> I didn't notice that until now. There's a thing. Really? 
See how the mug has two the G's? The mug has two, yeah, that's, 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 that's cool. Okay. Anyway, uh, Josh Tech shirt, Josh Tech mug. Still need to get a Josh Tech mug. I use mine daily. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I do as well. I need to get an actual t-shirt. My my mother sent me, like, money and said, you need to buy your own. I was like, I'm not going to buy my own. That's egotistical. She doesn't care. So I need to buy my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'll go well with your print. Mothers. So uh, before we get into the news, uh, hey, it's that uh, fragging frog time again. You know, the big old land party uh, that... We kind of throw every year the, the forum guys put together, and Jeremy usually does more participation than the rest of us, but the rest of us try to join in. Um, 10 a.m. Eastern on October 13th. What day of the week is that? Is that a weekend? Ooh, I don't know. Saturday. Saturday? I think it's not a Friday. Yeah. I don't need you to come in on Saturday. Anyway, uh, do we have a list of games? No. No list of games? Oh, there's a thread. Have to look at the Dino thread. D-Day. Uh, oh, is no, no, no game list here? I keep going down. Oh, okay. It's a post. Oh, you're uh, clicking on the wrong one. What? Oh, sorry. Click on the link that says, you know, games. Head over and... Oh, head over to the gaming forum. Pick the games you want to play, you know. That sort of weird thing. Speak, blah, blah, blah. Games. Uh... I don't see that uh, really cool tank game that came out like last year, but is pretty popular still. World of Tanks? No, I forgot the name of it. It's it's uh it's like that old school two D tank game, but it's just like a newer spin on it. Mm. Battle Zone? No, no, no. The one that's literally a two D little silly silly mountainous profile with like a couple of tanks on it, and you have to do the trajectory thing, right? Scorched Earth. It's like Scorch Earth, but it's like a, a, a newer version of it. Well, sign up and put it in the list once you figure out what it's called. Yeah, I, I just, the name escapes me because it's not Scorched Earth, and that's the one that is stuck in my head from like, you know, what, 30 years ago <laughs> when I used yeah. to play that all the time. Um, no, there's like a newer spin on it. It's got like all sorts of like upgrades, and I don't know how many people you can do multiplayer, but it's a lot. Hmm. Like way more than a couple, like how Scorched Earth used to be. And you don't have to, like, share the keyboard anymore. More than two. You heard it here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Multiplayer. Not Battletech, Eric Hunt. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up in a minute when one of your other guys are talking. Anyway, yeah, so uh, do that land party thing. Uh, maybe some of us, if we're around, will try to join in. I think I'm yeah, not, I think I think I I'm not that, around to hop in. Yeah, I don't think I'm that busy on that weekend. I don't have my calendar. I always like to play some UT2K4. Yeah, yeah, it'll happen. Uh, just make sure you download all the patches because there's probably about <laughs> yeah. 50 gigs worth at this at point. this point. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Okay, uh, might as well get into the weekend review. Uh, first up, pretty quick one. Uh, I threw together. Um, Ken had reviewed that Falcon Northwest machine, which we. Just gave away. Just gave away. Mm-hmm. Uh, did we announce that anywhere? Are we going to talk about that in a minute? Uh, I don't think we talked about the giveaway on the podcast. I like the fact that we gave it away. I mean, that's not... Okay. T- yeah, only one person cares about that. I know. Yeah, I know. There was I, a winner. I'm pretty sure we mentioned it on Twitter, but in reality, there's only one person that cares about the yeah, giveaway yeah, yeah. being over, and well, that's the dude who has the system now. We were doing a giveaway. It was a really beefy build. 
in a relatively small case too. That was like yeah. a small form factor system. Yeah, small form factor Tiki. with a bunch of power in there, uh, including a one and a half terabyte Optane SSD that had not been officially released by Intel until uh, September twentieth, which is when I put the review up because couldn't get an answer, like an official answer out of like Intel. Like I know you had asked Falcon Northwest, and they're like, "Yeah, sure, you know," but like that kind of like wasn't Intel. And uh, anybody that I asked were like, "We're releasing a one and a half terabyte capacity." <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, well." And then one morning in my email, out of out of nowhere, came, "Hey, we're announcing a one point five terabyte capacity," and I was like, "Hey, I've already reviewed that. Good, I can post that review now." Anyway. Uh, so I did. We had the two and a half inch version, which does not light up with all the RGBs like the uh, like the nine hundred five P. That's a um, add in card, add in card form factor. Um, but not only is it a two and a half inch form factor, uh, also it doesn't have what we're used to seeing inside the two and a half inch form factor. That's usually a beefy SSD. Usually there's like. Um, like a sandwich. It's like a sandwich PCB with like a, a heavy duty ribbon along one edge of of a, like kind of like a taco of a couple of PCBs that kind of fold over each other. No, only one PCB in here, which uh, combined with being a terabyte and a half uh, means that if you do the math, uh, that means that Intel is stacking dies eight high in these packages and. As far as I understand, this is the first time I've seen Intel do that ever on anything. Like, I'm talking any kind of SSD. NVMe, NAND, SATA, like, it doesn't matter. They've never stacked higher than four. Um, so they must be really confident in their ability to, you know, stack these things higher. Because I, I think they've shied away from not going past four because it's kind of the thing where if you, you know, if it comes out of that process and you get a dud, you just kind of cooked three other dies that were fine uh that i don't think is very easy to get back out of that package and like do anything else with like it's pretty much just you're just tossing them yeah um so they must just have more confidence in their ability to to do this now um what's the duct tape that holds it together yeah 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 um so that was interesting that they're you know jamming that all on one pcb like that um yeah i'm kind of disappointed because uh you had my full attention at the uh the ribbon PCB taco. Do we didn't make you hungry? Sure. Sorry. Forbidden tacos. But there was no ribbon PCB taco in here, unfortunately. Mm. Sorry, Josh. Was it an SSD tornado? Uh, no, no, not really. Damn. Um, like quesadilla. <laughs> mm. Cross point quesadilla. <laughs> anyway, uh, did the did it ran through our suite. Uh, compared to the uh, previous 905P that we had reviewed before. And uh, lo and behold, the results were basically exactly the same thing. So this is, you know, yes, the 905P was slightly faster than the 900P. That was due to, I think, they run the controller at a slightly higher frequency and things like that. Um, But it's not media limited. It's like the media limit is way, way beyond what the controller is doing at this point. Um, I mean, the controller itself, like, even if you get to a smaller 900p, like, I think the 280 gig 900p still, like, had really good performance. Um, so it doesn't really matter how much crosspoint you put behind a thing, it's pretty much going to make the controller the bottleneck immediately. 
And a testament to the consistency of our test suite, um, usually you can't test two different devices and get numbers that close to each other. Like, I think I did the math somewhere. Yeah, within 0.1%. So those drives are definitely, like, basically the same performance. Same kind of deal with the sequentials, random, mixed workload, uh, was a little bit higher on the read throughput on the on the mixed workload. In other words, while there's a background write going on, maybe there's a slightly newer version of firmware on this that kind of gave you a little bit of a difference there, but it's probably just, you know, it, it didn't even work out to 0.1 second difference uh, between the previous model. So it's just going to go fast n- no matter what you throw at it. But interesting thing to bring up here 970 pro only 0.3 seconds behind the optane parts in like a pretty much like a typical workload um optane parts would probably go faster on this test if uh if they weren't bottlenecking the sequential throughput at the controller like an optane ssd is only using roughly probably close to half of the theoretical bandwidth that it could and that's a controller limit. So 970 Pro is faster than that in sequential. It actually beats Optane in sequentials. So it's able to kind of catch up on this test. Anyway, uh, $1.47 a gig. Definitely pricey. That's not cheap. It's not cheap. 2200 bucks oh, for a terabyte and a half of it. Now, now, now stay with me here. Uh-huh. What oh. if it was 10 cents a gig? I mean, it's still a lot of money because it's terabyte and a half but that would be but what if it was 10 cents a gigabyte uh, uh, i mean it would be cheap i'm sorry ryan's not here so i had to play the part yeah i know i know anyway um i i do find it odd that the the price was where it is for this part considering like kind of the excuse on the previous card we reviewed was that it was an add-in card it had rgbs and other stuff on it to kind of like jazz it up a little bit yeah this doesn't have any of that it's just a two and a half inch part you'd figure it would be cheaper per gig although we have yet to actually see this for sale that's just kind of a preliminary number we got for that system article so yeah who really knows how much it will be well if it's it needs to be cheaper than that because it should at least that would be nice it should at least be the same cost per gig as like you know the add-in card with less capacity right so yeah. So Alan, what's the what's the endurance on one of these? Is it significantly higher than an NVMe yeah, standard? Ten drive rides per day. Oh, for the for the consumer, enterprise parts are, have now been upgraded to thirty drive rides per day, I believe. So you get you get what you pay for. You can beat the crap out of this thing. Like it's just seriously. <laughs> I'm currently beating the crap out of an Optane SSD in our. Uh, Trust me, our, our GPU capture. Trust bit. me, for what you're doing with it, it's laughing it off. Yeah. Like, it really is. I mean, I'm doing, like, five or six drive rates a day on a good day. Oh, okay. Well, then you're doing more. Yeah. What, you put the 280 in there or something? Uh, the 480, I think. It was one of the 4H. You're doing that much? So, oh, for, this is 4K capture. 4K 60 <laughs> capture for one GPU is, like, 900 gigs. For, like, a minute? Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. For for all of the games we test, two oh, runs. Oh, okay. Going through one GPU at 4K 
testing for our yeah. frame rating is it's like 960 gigs 4k frame rating man if you want to gobble up some gigabytes yep that's definitely one way to do it the chat says if it was 10 cents a gig they'd buy two that's fair hell i'd probably buy two he's <laughs> <laughs> hey, one the doorstop get your rate on yeah yeah death wish raid those i wouldn't have a problem with it yeah but i mean the endurance is just it's ridiculous compared yeah. to you know it's basically enterprise grade endurance for a consumer part and they i mean i've ran their enterprise part through the client tests suite it's pretty much the same doesn't really you know sometimes the enterprise parts are going to do something like the tuning's a little different for enterprise workloads or whatever this thing it's cross point it doesn't care you throw 4k random at it for like a day it doesn't <laughs> yeah, nothing changes like the, it's just so consistent yeah anyway uh next up ken did a review ken did it's like we have this steady stream of gpus to review suddenly uh, don't remind me <laughs> sorry yeah so the first of these new custom cards for turing we took a look at is the msi rtx 2080 gaming x trio which is you know just rolls off the tongue yeah yeah as usual uh it's a triple fan design uh the fans aren't symmetric as we noticed so actually if you if you scroll down to the photo you can see the two fans on the left and right hand side are bigger than or the one the middle and right hand side fans are bigger than the left hand side which just kind of bothered me once i noticed it I remember we were actually measuring it when we first got this card because it kind of looked like all three fans were different sizes, which would have been kind of wacky. So it's kind of an optical illusion on the between the center and the right yeah. because you think the right one's smaller, but it's the frame tapers off. Yeah, you remember the Lightning series that had the, the three fans that though two were the same size, one was smaller. Yeah, yeah this I think, is. Uh, I think Sebastian's yeah. got that one still. So, so the, I, the, the Gaming X Trio is essentially the evolution of the Lightning brand. They had one for the 1080 Ti, and then this is the the 2080 and the 2080 Ti, and some pretty similar cooler all around yeah. from an uh, like an appearance. I did. It dawned on me the other day, and I don't know if you'd realize it or not. I know why that other fan is smaller. Why the bridge? Uh, look above yeah, the fan. Yeah, there's a removable plate. Yes, yeah, so if you scroll down, there's a photo of that. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. Where's the bridge? It's about half. Next photo. There you go. So there's like a removable section where this would be, you only have to remove it from one of the two cards that's in a SLI or whatever the. It's still called SLI. It's still called SLI. So this is to, so you have the additional clearance for the NVLink bridge. Yeah. Because this heatsink assembly, like. It's very tall. (laughs) Yeah. It goes like an inch or maybe a little more above the the normal uh, plane of, you know, where the card would top out at. Um. Uh, they move from a eight plus six design on the reference or the founders RTX twenty eighty to an eight plus eight. Yep, which doesn't really seem all of that necessary to me. Can this card do like the hundred and thirty percent power limit thing? Uh, we'll get to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it, it comes with this cool club, essentially, like this uh, bracing bracket. Oh, so your card doesn't sag. Yeah, because it is a it is a thick boy. Yeah, it's heavy. It's. I mean, it's sag more twelve point nine inches long, three and a half pounds. Yeah, it is. Gigantic. That's a, that's a lot to put on a dang PCI slot, which is exactly why they give you a brace. Yeah. Possible deniability. We yeah. have come full circle. Yeah, 
So it has a 35 megahertz overclock over the Founders Edition, which is already a 90 megahertz. So okay, out of the box. Yeah, out of the box. Uh, in our testing, I mean, it didn't really provide much additional benefit over the Founders and sort of out of the box experience. It I mean, was 35%, a bit faster. 35 or 35. Megahertz. Megahertz. Not a lot. It's not a lot when it's already two gigahertz ish. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah. yeah. So so out of the box, it's a tiny bit faster, maybe a couple of percent. Uh still doesn't close the gap with the ten ATI and some in the scenarios where it was an issue with the founders edition. Yep. However, if you start to look at the overclocking at the clock speeds and the temperatures, it becomes very impressive. Uh such as this. So there's the so this X-trio. is a stock configuration. Yep. You should be able to click that, and I don't think it'll be too gigantic, but we get a better view of it. Uh, oh, nope, it's, it's gigantic. It's gigantic. Uh, so the clock speeds in the stock configuration hover just below 2 gigahertz, while the temperatures are about 65C. Yeah, it's not getting anywhere near. No- so usually you would see the frequency noticeably taper off by yeah. like another. <laughs> Obviously, you know, it's not thermally limited yeah, in this it's scenario. Just, it's just not even getting close. Like it has to be like low 70s mid 70s before it starts to back off on these new ones yeah right and, and if you compare this to the founders edition which is about 70 degrees celsius for for similar clock speeds to be honest uh and then we did a manual overclock in but which it's still like the temperature yeah, the just... temperature didn't move which is awesome <laughs> Doesn't even care and, and then we hit about uh 2025 i think so with, this was on the, a, this was with the power limit increased yeah so the power limit goes the slider goes to 110 percent okay uh Whereas some cars go a little higher, we asked MSI about this, and they said it's because their base power target in the V BIOS is already higher. Oh, to, in order so for the hundred ten percent does mark the three hundred watt limit for a twenty eighty. So okay. everyone's going to end up in the same place, no matter what the percentages kind of work out to. Yeah, same end goal, but damn, look at that temperature. Yeah. Given that that would be the equivalent of you maxing out on any other card, right? Like just. Okay, so that's a good cooler. Dude, clearly. Two, two gigahertz still blows my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a GPU, that's uh, and especially a GPU as large as this one. It's yeah. very interesting. Both the twenty eighty and twenty Ti clock speeds are very similar. They all seem to hit somewhere between two and two point one, closer to the two side. It's like they had so about about. 230, 240, 250. It's like they had two full expect. years to like tune this crap and like they're, yeah. they're silicon. And but like- <laughs> I mean, just by just by die size alone, you'd expect maybe a little extra frequency out of the 2080, but they it seems to be a pretty hard limit at just under 2.1. Just the idea of this many transistors going to get yeah. is just crazy to me. You know. I think I think Jensen Wong actually sold his soul for <laughs> these numbers. Yeah. <laughs> if you scroll down a little bit, uh, and the next chart after that. Yeah, this is actually an interesting result. So we ran the NVIDIA scanner, which is the sort of built-in automated overclocking built into the betas of uh, Precision X1 and MSI Afterburner. Yeah, and it only got you Yeah, it so, got you so that overclock was about, uh, let's say, 2025 is, is where it sustained. And our manual overclock, which took, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes of additional tuning, only got us an extra 15 megahertz. So really... It seems like if you just run the NVIDIA scanner, apply the voltage curve, and then increase the power offset to the maximum because the NVIDIA scanner doesn't do that, yeah. you're pretty much as good as you're going to get. Those those two, uh, even mm. though they look far apart here, like if this was a zero... Yeah, the scale is zoomed in, zoomed way in, yeah. so you can actually see any difference If this was zero axis, those lines would almost be overlapping. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, the uh, One interesting point there, though, like 
you were manually tuning and you probably got it to the max you can get to where it's stable and not artifacting and whatnot, right? But like the NVIDIA scanner is going to be a little more conservative because it's doing this computational workload that like they know what the answer to the problem is. And like if that starts to get off, in other words, yeah. they're going to catch things sooner before it even gets to the point where you would see like graphical hitches and, and exactly. things like that, right? So, you know, I mean, in in this case, it's if you just want absolute stability, you're probably better off just stick with the yeah. NVIDIA thing, just and, leave that. And actually, the other cool thing about NVScanner is you can still run the test against NVIDIA's sort of proprietary workload, yeah. and it'll give you a confidence rating. So I think it was 90% confidence for our with, manual with overclock. With your overclock? So you can, you can get a pretty good gauge as to what the relative stability of your manual overclock is going to be. How long does that take when you do a ma- like that check? It's, it's I would say, close. It's 15 to 20 minutes. No, not, the whole, the, not the, the whole test. process. Just like you, you uh, did your manual overclock, you want to get the confidence. Probably about five minutes, I think. I don't know. I've just mostly looked over at another computer yeah, while I was running it. I really timed bad. it. Yeah, it's not a long thing at all. Okay. Uh, I just noticed I have the wrong chart in here because there's supposed to be one about sound. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you, and what did you put instead? Uh, Another the, overclock performance. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, the text is in there is in there correctly though. So it was that's a lot of decibels. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the MSI card was two dB quieter than the 2080 or the 2080 Founders Edition, and yeah, six dB is not really a lot. Oh. Six dB. Uh, quieter than the 1080 i founders edition okay so for a similar That's performance obviously you're going to spend a little more on the 2080 you're getting a lot more of a cool and quiet experience i forget is that like 60 dB? that's like twice the... i think it's yeah it's three or six i think it's six okay and three, now three we could obviously have a third party 20 or 1080 i cards that are a lot quieter than the reference edition i just thought it was an interesting statistic in there yeah what are you saying alex uh, it's it's logarithmic three three for double ten for ten. Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a fifty dollar price premium. It kind of puts me in a weird spot. I don't really think anyone should buy a twenty eighty in general. The problem is it's a fifty dollar price premium over an already overpriced uh, or, yeah thing. Yeah, like a thing that needs to come back by like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, honestly, for the TI. Um, the, but the, the fifty bucks extra is sort of standard for like the, yeah. the badass cooler version mm-hmm. right like that's 1080 ti's were the same way i mean if you are shopping for a 2080 i think this is a great option and definitely something to consider but you know it's still difficult to recommend the 2080 at this point while 1080 ti's still exist in the channel yeah which i imagine will probably change pretty soon oh and then Ooh. uh from the chat is reminding me that scanner works on the 10 series cards too the new scanner no it doesn't not yet it doesn't they said they're going to look into backporting it, but it doesn't currently oh. because it's using GPU boost three stuff where it's ex- where it's able to set the curve, the voltage frequency curve in a couple different spots. Yeah. So it just, it doesn't support it right now. They're not against it. I think NVIDIA, I think there's a guy that was playing with it because he's talking about it, it in the chat. Doesn't mm. work. That okay. scanner doesn't work yet. I think that's the VGA precision he's talking about. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, well, maybe it's coming. Okay. How about yeah. That? I, I, I think it will come at some point. It's just, you know, not exactly high on NVIDIA's priority list, I'd imagine. These backplates are just nicer now. Yeah. Between, like, the Founders cards and, like, the... I mean, look at this one. That's cool. Yeah, needs that extra support. Yeah. Also, yes. Badly. Yeah. Graphics cards are so massive with this generation. 
It's crazy. Almost makes me want to like get a case that's flipped back around the, the right way again. I'll stick with my upside down and backwards case. Yeah. With the window on the right side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and uh, Scott was correct to me. I think it's GPUs, GPU Boost 4. It's the oh. new one. Oh. So we were talking earlier about how the 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 frequency doesn't, it, it pretty much locks in at full boogie. There's there's not much headroom. If the, as long as you can keep the temperature. Well. If you can keep the temperatures in check. Yeah. Is there any announcements or plans to release any sort of water cooling blocks for these? Uh, yeah, I know EK has announced blocks that should be shipping soon. The EVGA hybrid cooler add-on is supposed to be shipping in October, I think. So, yeah, it shouldn't be too far. But the thing is, mm. you probably won't get anything else out, like compared to one like this. You're not really going to get more performance. Yes, it'll be quieter, provided your system is It won't quieter. take up three slots. Yeah, it won't take up nice. two and a half right. or three <laughs> slots, right? Um, so, I mean, it's got that going for it, but if you can't, you can't crank the power any higher than 300 watts or whatever the percentage is, whatever the total percentage is, yeah. like you're just not going to get any more out of the car. And that's where you get into shunt mods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you've got to start With throwing. $150 graphics card. Yeah. So, you know. So yeah. it's not really heat limited. It's more power limited yeah 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 i mean essentially with these cards you can give it all of the power limit and all of the additional voltage it'll take and then well the voltage it just won't let you yeah it's only plus 100 i think on the voltage offset so yeah but that voltage offset is really because the power limit kicking in which it's doing first anyway is going to pull back the voltage in order to reduce the power so it's like the voltage slider is almost yeah irrelevant, you know, compared to. Uh, I was asking because I seem to recall on our on some of our previous reviews of video cards, we've seen ones that do really weird things with power envelopes. Like yeah, the, you, you can see the the frequency start kind of hunting around a little bit, but this is rock solid. Yeah, I mean, like well, ten eighties, you know, it would kind of bounce around just shuffling between like the power limit and temperature limit, depending mm. on the card. Like, depending on how good the cooler is on the card, you know, but like, you know, like a good uh, EVGA, like an FTW3 card or something like that in a, for a 1080 Ti, like it's just going to, it just rides the power limit mm-hmm. the whole time because the cooling is more than enough. So anyway. You know what's sad? What? Very sad. I still remember the day when $200 was the top end price for a, for a cutting edge mm-hmm. graphics card. 200 I mean, they were much simpler at the time it's like reva 128 type oh yeah cards but you know four megs of memory and a very small gpu and limited cooling extremely so i I thought you were going to go with like a cirrus logic card josh oh yeah 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 Mm -hmm. yeah and s3 well you don't remember the voodoo graphics when it came out it was originally 299 and that was after mm-hmm. uh, memory prices went down dramatically when they first announced it to when that actually was shipping and then you know eight months after that it was 199 bucks yep the salad that. years <laughs> salad. i don't remember how much it was but it was like diamond stealth 3000 or whatever the s3 verge card yep it came out with like the little extra like it was like a stacked 
board because they couldn't fit enough RAM. <laughs> so there's like an extra little stack, like penthouse that on like a board. Yeah, what, the Permedia cards that you could actually buy the individual RAM things and they had sockets in there you could uh-huh. plug in if you needed yep. more oh, geez. Yep. video like the, memory. Like the A32 with the freaking dim slots on it. Can you imagine? Just plug in some more GDDR6. I'm sure we could make that work very yeah, well socketed. I'm sure that'll work. Yeah, it's 14 gigabits. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, make, if you make your bus wide enough. Uh, I guess. I think that card was like a good three or 400 bucks off of that damn diamond card. Yeah. And like the only thing that ran the extra graphics was like the version of MechWarrior that it. <laughs> was for it. MechWarrior, the game made for every possible type of you know. Yeah, MechWarrior 2. Yeah. They had the window the Windows version, the S3 Verge version, there was like the DOS version, and then there was a fourth. Oh, the for the Voodoo. Yeah. There was the Voodoo version. I've got I've got in fact Oh god. <laughs> Hang on. I might have all four of those. Move. I it's might still have all four of those discs somewhere. Time to play. What can Josh grab? Uh, oh, yep. nice. that's it. 3D it. Rage Edition. Uh, nice. Yep. Oh, yeah. Rage 3. That's what the fourth one was. It wasn't Voodoo. No, they made a Voodoo as well. No, and so then there was uh, freaking five? Mercenaries, they had a uh, another Voodoo edition as well. <laughs> Is that, the, that was the one where you, can, uh, you could play the soundtrack in your CD player. Good old Red Book. Couldn't play track zero. <laughs> or track one because yeah. you'd like hear the game <laughs> not the way it, it was meant so to be good. played <laughs> yeah that was I would like listen to that in my car and stuff like that's that CD spent a lot of time in my CD changer in my car what did you ever forget that you had yellow book in the audio in there as well so you, you Forget to skip track oh, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you get the, the, the CD player in my car. Yeah, it would totally, it would totally faithfully play back those bits into whatever music that happened to turn into the song of your people. It was uh, <laughs> PC EDM, I guess. Um, Just ahead of its time. Yeah, way ahead of its time. Uh, okay. Uh, I guess we're shifting over to news. Oh, look, another Ken thing. Facebook announces Oculus Quest. It's a oh. bad name. I'm just going to preempt this by saying it's a bad name. All-in-one VR system. Okay. So, you know the Oculus Rift. Obviously, yes. the wire PC VR headset. Uh-huh. The external trackers and all that stuff. All that all that fun stuff that we've had for a couple of years at this point. Uh, and then last year at Oculus Connect, the developer conference, uh, they, now, they launched Oculus Go, which is, was essentially the Gear VR built into a standalone headset. It did three-doff tracking so it could track where you moved your head in space but if you started to walk around the room it would just freak out yeah it wouldn't know uh that was the one that i was really impressed with the visual quality right yeah yeah so that was the the go the 1440p screen i think where they're using the different sort of lenses so it actually looked there was no real screen door effect we were pretty impressed with the visual quality it was was very impressive yeah yeah use the gear gear vr store you could do all the like Plex VR stuff and all of that fun stuff. It came with a simple remote instead of full touch controllers like the desktop Rift. It was done well enough where you can actually read text. Yeah. In in the interface, whereas with the Rift and the Vive, like you really can't. Yeah. Or it's difficult if it's too small. 
Now, what if you merged those two different platforms and had a platform right there in the middle? And you called it Oculus Quest, which is a dumb name still. So is it still – but it's not PC connected? No. This is a standalone. It looks like it was later confirmed to be a Snapdragon 835-based experience. It has real touch controllers. So has Does real, it come with a bucket? <laughs> it does not come with a bucket. Uh, I think it might want to with a Snapdragon. I mean, that's what the Oculus Go. So it's it. so it's not room scale. You can't. It, it is room scale. It oh. has six off track. Yeah. Okay. So it's completely room scale without any external sensors. Just kind of the big point here. Okay. Now we saw the Lenovo Mirage Solo, the Google Daydream headset launch last year that did a similar thing. With six off tracking, but this Oculus is sort of first venture into it. Four hundred bucks. So Four hundred bucks runs all the same things that the Go ran. Uh, no. So they essentially have three different software platforms now. They have the Go, which is the Gear VR store. They have whatever this is going to be, and then they have the full Oculus store on desktop on Windows. Okay, that's a nightmare. Developers are not going to sit here and like. Well. The one thing they said today is that they plan on keeping these three tiers going forward, and that. They will maintain software SDA, uh, SDK compatibility between them. So you'll I always guess. be able to tar- target the middle headset or the low-end one. Or you could target all of them. Right. Like, you could build a game that targets all of okay. them. It would just be more complicated dealing with the different graphical hardware yeah. levels. If you, That's Oculus, what they need is just a simple way to, to code yeah. for just to have it just work across all three. Yeah. And they're touting versions of some of the games that you find on desktop, like Robo Recall and The Climb and Moss. Yeah, will be available at launch, I guess, which is next spring. It's still a mess, even if you coded for all three, then, because you have to launch, you have to put them, you have to compile them for the different platforms. I mean, there's also massive game design issues like visual quality, and then what sort of tracking controllers you have. Yeah. So this sounds like an engine problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's mostly where it will lie. Yeah, it's just, it's it's almost like you're having a format war within your own product line. Some sort right? of a rift. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Or a couple of rifts. But for 400 bucks, you're completely standalone thing. It's not we'll bad. have to see what the visuals look like, what they can get out of it, how the tracking experience is. But it could be quite compelling compared to the whole wired setup on your desktop sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of looking to get in the VR. Okay. Cool. Um, next up. Oh, it's Ken again. NVIDIA announces uh, RTX 2070s. October up. 17th. That's uh, all we know. Next. <laughs> oh. I mean, they didn't release any more additional details. We still, if you scroll down, we have the specs that we've known from their website, which yeah. still aren't the full specs. Did we not have pricing before? No, we had pricing. Okay. Just, they, it just wasn't that. available for pre-order. Yeah, they never set a launch date. They just said October. So now it's launching on that day? Or it will avail- be available. So I take it to believe that it will launch. So did they open up pre-orders? Uh, I checked on the NVIDIA site earlier today. It's still on Notify for the 2070. Okay. So I don't even know if they'll do pre-orders for this one. They yeah, they'll probably just make it available and you just order one. Yeah. Right. Um uh, the specs are probably going to be proportionally what we were expecting them to be. Yeah. Right. There's, I don't know. I don't think it's been confirmed either way, whether this is TU-104 or TU-106. So whether yeah. it's cut down 2080 or whether it's the next smallest GPU, which would normally be like the GTX, the, the 60 equivalent, right? Like the 1060. As, uh, 
Yeah. It, this this still it's an RTX card, so it has the tensor cores and the RT cores for is, all of that available stuff. Is the twenty eighty pushing the one oh four like to almost the max of the die? It's one unit disabled, I think. Right. So So you'd figure they'd probably bend them down to a twenty seventy. You'd think. I, that I would, would be I would, where I would guess my suspicions would lay. Because, you know. But twenty nine forty four versus twenty three oh four CUDA cores, that'd be quite a jump. I don't know how many yeah. cores are in one SM returning. I can't remember. So the performance of this will probably fall where the ten eighty fell ish. Uh like one if you go by the twenty eighty being like ten eighty Ti, yeah, that's I would seem that's probably, probably where they would, right. the, I would guess they would target for that, generally speaking. I mean, the power looks to be roughly the same as like a, as a 1080 was 1080 like 180, right? S- single 8 pin, I think. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure we'll get one in test. And there, and wow, only 180 watts on that cooler. It's probably just going to hold the overclock. That you do. Yeah, that seems like massive overkill if they're using the same exact cooler with the full vapor chamber. Yeah, and that's going to be more than enough for, for that, even if you push it. It seems like it would be impossible to make a better third party card. I guess noise. Yeah. yeah, but still, I mean, they're reasonably quiet. You probably don't have to run those fans very fast. No, you wouldn't even really be taxing that thing. You're, you're knocking like, you're knocking up 70 watts off of the, yeah, off of what it's making. So, okay. Interesting and cool. All right. Uh, next up. Um, wait a minute. Thought we already knew. A, wasn't this already a thing? Um, mm, yeah. DJ launches. Uh, maybe they hadn't announced it officially, officially or something because they were on their site. No, they had. They were taking pre-orders. I think this is just kind of their. I think it was the follow-up for the. Okay, so uh, yeah, EVH is launching their line of RTX 20 Series XC Ultras, which is just the, like their ACX style, or if you're used to the ACX thing. Are they calling them this because it's not the full ICX thing with the thermocouple, with uh, the temperature monitoring? Is well, that what's going on? I believe they still has have ICX branding because it's the ICX cooler without any of the sensor stuff on the PCB, which is coming with a later card. Yeah, so it's the, very confusing. So if you're used to the ICX thing, meaning hey, you also have this extra temperature monitoring, that's not that's the not same the case yet. No. Uh, with these because they're using. I'm pretty sure they're reference PCBs. I don't know that. Well, I would think that they are if they didn't add the temperature monitoring. Is my point? Yeah, but um, but considering how many custom PCBs we've seen already, I. I don't know. Yeah, that I mean, the back, the PCB doesn't look like they've done anything special with it. It looks like the normal dimensions, but yeah. Uh, we have the 2080 XC Ultra, I believe, in the queue. So yep. look for yeah, we got that, that to come. I think the TI is not for a bit still from them for this cooler style, right? Because I think it was like notify on their site, even. I'm not sure. The one thing that kind of rubs me the wrong way on the EVGA site for these cards is you can SLI these. People are going to want to, but their order is limit one. 
usually and historically their order you know if they're going to do a limit yeah. it's always two they never go lower than two well you wouldn't win at sli 2080s no i mean even the ti's yeah right yes it makes more sense if you're trying to go all the way and you want all the things yes you get the best one and yeah you know get yeah. a couple but but how many people out of a hundred are going to buy two of these things when they come in at what 1300 and I'm with you there. And given that it's like a $200 premium on the TI versus a $100 premium, like a base premium on the 2080, you might find people that get a couple of 2080s. Still. But they shouldn't. <laughs> can you still, well, you get half the bandwidth, but you can still link them together. You can, and you still do but SLI. You, should, you, shouldn't, you should always just buy the most powerful single GPU I, and I then agree. SLI. I agree you, with that. You, like, to still. you know, I've only SLI'd. A few times. It's also like a $70 bridge. <laughs> You're not yeah. saving a whole lot of money by going yeah, to SLI there anymore. Is, there is that too. Which is pretty ridiculous. And we still haven't got our hands on a bridge. So, you know. Is it, is it kind of obvious that they're trying to push away from multi-GPU as much as possible? <laughs> Maybe a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of extra development time. There are yeah, other reasons. Software. To, there are other reasons to use the bridge if you're doing like workstation use. Yeah, but they don't want to sell you these cards for workstation use. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, but, the way NVLink works with pulling memory into one common pool is interesting. Like I'm doing some deep learning benchmarks, and you would be able to see significant performance benefits yet had another matching card in NVLink mode because you could increase the batch size a whole lot because you have way more VRAM. Yeah, you can just share. Between both GPUs, right? You basically make it in one big memory pool on the two yeah. GPUs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you don't see like quite double scaling, but you see a good. Yeah, because there's going to be there's going to be a latency like one point eight, one point nine x because you can increase the batch size so much for training and inferring. It's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, next up, more RTX facts for your enjoyment from Jeremy. What you got? Yeah, there were uh, more RTX reviews, like crap loads of Color crap loads. Color me surprised that there's RTX more. reviews. Is there like a whole list and, at the bottom? Oh, look oh at that. this was the short one. Oh. The, the original one was probably about 30 or 40 links in it. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I hate to say this. Have, I, I still haven't read a full RTX review from Thanks, anybody. Josh. Well, Josh. I know. No, you I, have. You know, I think I may have actually read. No, no, no. It was your, uh, your tech uh, piece. Yeah, on 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 the the actual you know Makes me feel great, architecture. Josh. Thanks, but I didn't Appreciate didn't read the actual review. You know, I love you, Ken, <laughs> like a brother, like a son, a really pale son mm-hmm. with strange red hair that wouldn't come from my you know genetic <laughs> base. But anyway, uh, yeah, no, I. What's wrong with me? Uh, I don't know. They, they all read the exact same. No, uh, I'm, I'm just pretty much about got the exact general, same result with me. I think it's a lot, but just, anyway. Josh and Jeremy just talk at the same time. It's like full duplex conversation. <laughs> we must have some really interesting latency today. I don't yep. know. All right, uh, next up. Getting the most yeah, but bang. The only what? different test I saw was uh, Kyle over at Hard OCP. I uh, wanted to look into, so is it temperature or power? And so one of the tests that they did was just crank the fan up to 100% and go. And they saw a tiny, tiny little over uh, increase in overall uh, frequency from stock of eighteen point eighteen forty five up to eighteen ninety. Yeah, I mean, just uh, that, for, like 
So what we've seen is like, you know, with the with the reference core on like 2080 and the 2080 Ti, like it backs off a few percent just due to the like once it warms yeah. up, basically, you know, they could have been more aggressive with their fan curve in in stock form and not let it do that. But they were just obviously trying to strike a balance like we've seen GPUs launch in the past where I forget exactly which one, but we've seen them launch. I was like, what did you guys do with this fan curve? Yeah, and we actually fe- had to feed back like either yeah. one way or the other. Either it was way overkill, or it was too you know underkill. I think that I, I think they struck pretty much the perfect balance on these, where you're you're not losing too much and you're trying to keep it as quiet as you can. Honestly, I think the majority of the, the additional noise from these cards doesn't necessarily come from fan speed. It comes from Just all, air. Well, all the founders that I've, I feel like they've all kind of had like loud fan bearings. Oh. Yeah, seems unacceptable for yeah. an expensive card, and I only have a sample size of two. And they were yeah, there obviously was, early cards, so who knows? Was it a founders where I was like st- stopping mm-hmm. one of the fans? Yeah, yeah, it was just it was one of the two fans yeah. that was noticeably louder and making kind of like a you know not just like a regular it's just louder like there was an actual kind of intermittent ticky kind of noise coming yeah. from the fan assembly. Mm-hmm. So the kind of thing that would drive you nuts if you have an ear for it it was driving ken nuts over there no something's wrong with that fan it wasn't driving me nuts i was just doing sound measurement and i want to make sure something wasn't yeah wrong all right uh what do we got next uh amazon's new kit oh yeah all the stuff that amazon launched uh oh we don't have a list here but (laughs) one of note that uh jeremy put in his post here is the amazon basics microwave for 60 bucks that's cheap for a microwave, that's, even a crappy one. That's seriously, it's that's like a like, seven or eight hundred watt microwave, which is fine. Yeah. Which is fine, but that's no. like that's like pawn shop microwave money. No, so I was having this <laughs> argument with my girlfriend. Give me a pawn shop in a while. Hey, I was yeah. like, it's only sixty <laughs> yeah. bucks. Oh, well, and yeah, sorry, Ellen's not the person to go shopping at a pawn shop. Yeah, yeah, they they have a sign that says, "Please do not open microwaves before <laughs> purchase." Hmm. You can certainly get. Microwaves cheaper. Goodwill microwave money. No, like new microwaves for like you four, can 40 like, bucks. Oh, okay. Well, they're I, cheap as chips now. I was arguing is, with my girlfriend what does this about one do? this because she, she thought this was an expensive microwave. I'm like, what are you talking about? But what does this do? Uh, well, it integrates with Alexa. It doesn't have a mic or a speaker. She's listening. She is. So she went away. judging will, you and your hot pocket addiction. <laughs> So you can talk to one of your Echo devices, or you can hit the button on front of it, and it will trigger whichever one it's linked to, and you could tell it to perform a certain action, like cook on medium for oh. eight minutes. Oh, no. This is so bad. No. Okay. So it is pretty internet of shit, but their justification for it is your microwave has a lot of features. Do you know how to use any of them? Do you no, know how I, to put your microwave I'm, on medium for eight minutes? I get all I that. sure shit don't. I get all that. But have you seen like the YouTube videos of like somebody plays back their to-do list from their um, from their Echo and it's like their kid had ordered all these toys? Yeah. Right? And like it, this, the list is just full of this, right? So when the, the, I mean, kid, the kid hears you do that with your microwave and now they're doing it and now it's cooking nothing for five minutes? I and melting I, itself. Oh, to, to make it even more fun, uh, the Echo Plus will now talk to your smart thermostat. So when you're saying yeah, Alexa, raise great. the temperature. Yeah. Who knows what's actually going to get warmer? Yeah. So does it react to Alexa? It's getting hot in here. 
She's listening to you again. I, I imagine in mm-hmm. making this microwave, they're smart enough to like put a weight sensor on the platter. So if there's nothing in it, it won't turn on. I hope that's my point. Like, it's like it's got to know. But, yeah, there's got to be some kind of safety there because yeah, it's it's weird. Very easy to make fun of, but kind of has some application. Yeah. <laughs> Tell your Echo to set the clock on the microwave to the right time. <laughs> Maybe it just automatic because it's got to have some intelligence. Yeah. Maybe it just automatically figures out the time. It just sets yeah. itself for once. Yeah. Mind blown. <laughs> just like. Yeah, but sadly, things. you have to put in back in the, uh, the, the, the wireless Internet password when the power goes out. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. So. So these will never have that feature enabled in the house with the VCR that's blinking 12 o'clock for the past 10 years, right? And yes, VCR, like, they still have that too, of course. (laughs) And when the uh, internet goes down, you are no longer allowed to cook. Yes, exactly. I forgot how to use that thing. Um, Buttons? HP, why is there an E there? Oh, HP Enterprise. Enterprise. HP Enterprise and AMD sitting in a tree, according to Jeremy. What are they launching? Uh, well, they're now suggesting AMD-based servers in preference to Intel servers for all of their customers. Well, given the cost of uh, Epic versus the cost yeah. of the crazy high Intel and stuff. The shortages. Yeah, this one's and, the yeah, price shortages. shortages. Yeah, that too. Well, they got to sell something, right? And, and it, they're also a little bit miffed because Dell just passed them as the, the largest supplier for uh, servers across the globe. So, well, drop your prices and imply that, uh, at, probably rightfully so, Intel's going to have some shortages, and all of a sudden they might be back in first in no time. But, I mean, hey, it's great news for AMD. Yeah. Okie doke. Next up. Uh, Surface Hub what the heck is this thing? Oh, you haven't it seen It comes this with thing. reloadable cartridges. <laughs> so wait. Oh, okay. I was thinking that other thing that was a desktop. No, that's the Surface Studio. Okay. So do you remember the initial Surface, the table computer? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? So that got renamed to PixelSense when they decided they wanted to use Surface as a name for consumer stuff. Probably a good move, ultimately. Okay. And then they launched the Surface Hub, which was like an 80-inch screen... With, you know, integration into Office and Windows and stuff like that. Like a something you put in a conference room, you can write on it. Was one like, of those things. Was that like one of the things CNN was using during the, like, election uh, things yeah, yeah. and whatever? Pretty yeah, much. Something things. like that. Okay. Earlier this year, they announced the Surface Hub 2, which is more, like, 50-inch TV-sized. And uh, just some really cool stuff. Like, you can, you can rotate it and... The rotation animation follows you as you turn the device, <laughs> which is really cool. It's running this new 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 OS. Uh, I forget what it's based on. WCOS, whatever that stands for. So it's like, is it like a forty inch, uh, forty or fifty? It's something like that. It's like on an easel with, yeah. we, with well, wheels, or, or you can mount it this on a one wall. Is. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like a really expensive whiteboard replacement. Has yes. tele- teleconferencing built in, that sort of thing. There's a webcam hanging off of the left edge of it when it's in landscape mode, I guess. Yeah. And then it rotates clockwise there. Looks, looks, like, me- the, looks like there's pens <laughs> magnetically yeah. on the screen, like held to the side of it. Yeah. The most you interesting You can hook thing, a couple of them up together if you want, so you can have three or four yeah, in a row. you can mosaic them. Huh. It's cool. It's cool. But the most interesting thing from our perspective is that they announced at uh, Ignite, 
this week that they're going to ship it running the old Surface Hub software in like Q2 of 2019. Mm-hmm. And then later they're going to release an upgrade where you can upgrade the CPU and all of that stuff and upgrade it to the new operating system. On the old Surface Hub? No, on, on this hardware. Oh. So they're shipping it with the old OS first, and then you like slot in this CPU upgrade, just like this cartridge that you pull out and put in, and you can get the new operating system on it. Samsung tried that with their televisions. Yep. It's it, a good it, idea. It was, it was a great idea then, too. That, that The Samsung thing, it was basically just dead on arrival, because like I'm sure five or six people did that upgrade to their yeah. televisions. Um, it was really a cool idea. It was really cool, like CES, like three CESs ago or whatever, to watch the guy on stage. Like that's all yeah. steel right there. Did the upgrade live? Yeah, like pulled the brain out of a Samsung smart TV and <laughs> stuck another one in. Yeah, um, and it worked and it was cool. But you know, it just like I gave up even trying to find the one for my set. Yeah, like I, that was what made me get honestly my first Samsung just TV. rip it out of there and just have a dumb display. <laughs> Well, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, dumb display in that it does absolutely nothing, <laughs> including yeah. not turn on. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's a cool concept specifically for this because this is going to be a five to ten thousand dollar piece of hardware, and nothing will really change in the display probably. Yeah. So having the ability for enterprises to upgrade it, I'm sure Jeremy would be a seen as a great benefit for buying this or for like the Google or the Samsung one. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it does make a bit more sense. You're going to have all the Office 369 crap baked into it. So, yeah, if you've got a boss that likes to spend money, uh, point yeah. him in this direction, and you know they're going to be what? It's a whiteboard, but it can do everything, and it was seen on CNN, and you'd be able to play with it. <laughs> exactly. Hmm. That's not what I was looking for. Trying to get my link for my pick ready. Come on. Yeah. Well, anyway. Uh. Wondering if your email was included in a data dump? Probably. Yeah, pro tip, it was. The answer is yes. Uh, who got owned this time? Oh, well, no, but it's just uh, they Firefox is wrapping. Have I been pwned into their browser? And for people who are a little bit more, uh, you know, paranoid than the average person, when you search with this little add-in, it makes your email address into a hash and then sends that out to be searched. So you're not actually sending your email address in raw text in case, you know, you're sending it to the wrong place. Mm -hmm. We haven't had a chance to talk about the NCIX hack because it happened after the last podcast. We did talk about Newegg last week, but not NCIX, which was just the biggest shit show in the world. They also got all their data. Oh, you haven't heard about this? All the data taken. I I never ordered it. Just over a quarter million people. Uh, so they, but they've been out. They've been gone for like over yeah, a year, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and they their servers got liquidated with <gasps> all with all the information. All the database yeah. is still there, and people were bought oh, the bought the servers shit. at auction and were selling them on Craigslist. Yeah, including like everybody knew about the dang auction too because Linus covered it. Yeah. Yep. And and we're talking about like employee records, the Canadian equivalent of social security numbers, like W two, like their oh, equivalent of W tax forms, everything. Damn. Uh, the CEO's emails in which some illicit shit was found, of course. Well, not that it matters yeah. now because like the company's gone. Well, I well, mean, what he's they're doing still is still presumably a sort of rich guy. 
Yeah, uh, <laughs> and they're, they're suing because, uh, at least in Canada, the data that they kept, it's illegal for them to have kept. They Weird. were never supposed to have it stored in the first bloody place. Mm, and they yeah. didn't. What kind of IT people did they have that it's not protected through domain Linus? credentials and encryption? Didn't Linus used to work there? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hmm. Wah, wah. Not in that department. No. <laughs> Maybe he was that department. They, they were they were good. Like I did a lot of shopping there, and I'm sure that my info was on there somewhere as well. Yeah. But they you always knew that they were not quite grasping what they were doing. So there's your warning if you literally ever shopped at NCAX that you if know. you've ever shopped yeah, that's like just so bad. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, enough depressing stuff on that one. Uh, strap balloons to a tank and go flying just because you can and just cause four. Nice title, Jeremy. I call the game just cause because everything I do on it is well just because I could. Like, why are you asking me? And you also had yes, just I cause. attached them to a hot dog cart and sent it into orbit. <laughs> well, why are you judging me? Uh, I mean, you know, just do it. Just, just. But yeah, the can. ridiculous uh, highlight of the uh, fifteen minutes or so that, uh, video of gameplay that they put out is, yeah, he literally takes a bunch of giant balloons and attaches them to a tank and. It's steerable and drivable while it's up in the air as well. Video game. How many balloons? Four. four. One in each corner. Four. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what those balloons are filled with. They could be, they could be filled with no space They're and they still wouldn't float it. Filled with zero point it, energy. They're driving it while it's being attached to the balloons. So come on. It's amazing. Those, ga- those games are so fun. Oh, they are. They're just pure ridiculousness. I didn't. I didn't play Just Cause Three. It apparently, had a lot of performance issues. It was but bad. Just Cause Two yeah. in the multiplayer mod. The multiplayer mod. Oh man, <laughs> good times had by all. I I still have Just Cause Two floating around, and I play it more than yeah. Just Cause Three because yeah. Three was just bad. Yeah. Well, it wasn't awful, but it was bad. Hopefully, they bring. Oh it yeah, back I still around. got Just Cause Two in the multiplayer mod. I should add that to the list for the Frog and Frog. That would <laughs> that be just be stupid. Okay. Um, next up, if I can close this tab. Uh, oh, that's a pick. Hey, where's the picks? It is a pick. I got to open some more picks. I thought uh, you were getting prepared for this, Alan. Uh, I was. I was working on it, but I was. I couldn't catch up fast enough. All right. So, hey, um, my pick of the week is. Uh, so my. I had one of those uh, common fibers like Kickstarter carbon wallet thing, and it served me well, but served me well for many years and started falling apart so uh i figured i'd try one of those clip sandwich elastic things with rfid blocking and i was looking around for that those a, is that a taco it's see josh there you go uh they're just showing two angles it's the same that's wallet. a carbon taco yeah oh um, that's kind so it's like this reconfigurable wallet it you can have a, a strap that goes around it and acts like a money clip or you can have a metal money clip or you can have no nothing and just like the sandwich if you want, you can just do different ways. Uh, you saying it's a taco and a sandwich? Uh, sort of. Yeah, it's reconfigurable. You can turn your taco into a sandwich and back again. Um, and uh, 
company I guess name if is you Cut One Edge. Then sure, that makes sense. I, th- I think they pronounce this Moozy, Mousy, M O U Z I E. Anyway, they're on Amazon. It's like thirty five bucks for like the wallet, and it's like um, a key holder. At the same time, hey, weren't like you the one who got like the RFID dots you attach to the keys so that you could find them when you lost them? No, no, I didn't. I know somebody picked that at some point. So, yeah, but it doesn't wallet, really help. It's you a wallet find a, your wallet and a matching key. key holder thing that I thought was pretty cool. So, what was the last time you saw a car that had standard keys like that? A car? No, it's house keys. Yeah, but you generally have your house keys and your car keys in the same thing, don't you? Yeah, car keys well, nowadays are the stupid yeah. fob things yeah. in a way. Yeah, you can't really attach a fob to that. No. I just have a ring. It does. Loop, if so you're, you could if add it to your key ring. You could, mm, you could add that or you know, connect quite your... ungainly at that point. Cause it's not a, exactly a small thing. Like, I mean, it's pretty it's, long. You know, it's like a... It's this little... You know, acts like a Swiss Army knife, kind of. For your keys. <laughs> It comes with a bunch of different like widths or lengths of um, barrels to connect, so you can have like you can have just like a crap load of keys on this thing if you wanted to. Hmm. But I mean, the wallets, you know, yeah, it's cool. Um, Interesting. And the tech support from the company is awesome because, like, I think one of the screw threads were like like cross threaded or stripped or something on this. Um, and like all I did was just, like shoot them an email, and they're like, "We'll send you that part right away." I was like, "Okay, cool." I like that. Uh, next up, who's next? I got some Corsair. Who is always next? It's, Jeremy. It's, 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 okay. <laughs> Corsair Vengeance LPX 16 gig 2x8 kit. Well, we'll just stay with you, Alan. Uh, hey, yeah, I mean. I just read it. Go ahead. did a brilliant job. How many Canadians is it? 210. 210 Canadians for that, huh? That's a lot of Canadians. Also known as cheaper than what I paid. <laughs> oh, well, well, you know. And it's a DDR3200. That's not a bad price at all. It's 160 no, it's US. Not. Yeah. yeah. We For use... some reason, the uh, DDR3000 is about $10 cheaper. So yeah. totally a good deal. You should get that instead of these. <laughs> yeah, go with the 3200. This is the exact memory kit we use everywhere. Yeah. yeah. All over the place. It's like... The only memory we use, essentially, we've standardized all of our test beds on it, had had, had zero problems with any of it. Okay. And it looks sharp. It's nice and minimalist. Yeah. And it's low profile. <laughs> no RGB. Yeah, it is low profile. It just gets the job done. So your RAM doesn't need to be super tall. It doesn't need RGBs either. No. Mm. It just doesn't, you know. Anyway. Uh, next up. Josh, what you got? Uh, you're going to be shocked. Uh, I'm shocked. It's it's, it's an SSD. Like, it's a two terabyte SSD for only well for right now two eighty nine ninety nine. So two hundred ninety bucks for a two terabyte slow probably SSD. But oh, still, yeah, this is just the regular three D SSD. Two terabytes. So like the random reads on this were okay, but the writes are kind of eh. Yeah, no, I, I got my wife the uh, one terabyte a long time ago, and it's been great for her. And it was, you know, inexpensive. It's, it's probably about this price two years ago. But now we've got finally two terabytes. I mean, that's under 300 bucks. It's 14 cents a gig, isn't it? Hello. That's, that's you know, yeah. 
That's that's we're getting really, there. That's encroaching on Black Friday. We got to hit it. Yeah, got to hit that's it. really. But this is this is one of those SSDs where like it came out at the same time where a bunch of the other SATA, the other SATA SSD makers had like all caught up on like the performance thing. Yeah, and this one was like behind them considerably, and it was like you know. I almost didn't even have the heart to do a review on it. It was like, it was just poor compared to the other ones. But the price was high at that time. So it was really just like not a good deal. Um, and but, then they started liquidating. Uh, yeah, them. and then they started, yeah. well, honestly, if they're making a two terabyte, that means they're not just liquidating. They're like adding to the line because I don't think they had a two terabyte initially. No. So they're kind of leaning into it. And honestly, they're probably just putting their lower bend uh, you know, they're NAND that can't do the faster speeds, the faster bus speeds. Uh, they're probably just throwing that at this. Um, and I think it's a straight TLC. I don't think it has any, I don't think it does cash. It doesn't have any cash now. Yeah. So not good for like 4k random rights and stuff like that, but Hey, steam game drive. Hell yeah. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. 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 I mean, like that's great. Your loads are going to be great yeah yeah if you're if you're downloading you know the download might go slow if you're downloading the game straight to the drive like if it's a game okay yeah if you've got like fiber at one no no no, like sometimes sometimes steam games will download in a they'll do more random writes and they might actually you might actually notice a hit like we've seen you know what would you say like the worst we've seen probably like 20 megabit no like no, no no we've seen something like some stuff go like like 15 or 20 meg per second writes yeah yeah almost hit that downloading well yeah that's my point like if you have 300 megabit you could conceivably start getting to that point you might actually hit a point where the, the drive is a bottleneck even for like your you know non-gigabit uh internet but still it's gonna be so close to the speed that you know you probably won't notice anyway mm-hmm. um yeah, man, that's that's good. That's definitely that's like a. It's between that and like what the micron, like the fifty one hundred or something, eleven hundred or the eleven hundred SSD. Yeah, I would probably buy this over one of those because the micron one, you might have to work to get the warranty if something happens because it's more of like a yeah. OEM type yeah. drive. Whereas this is, a, is just a consumer product. Yep, this is a standard retail product. Although, what's the warranty on this? Like three years, not five. I would assume. I don't know if it's not I'd listed. Be shocked if it was five years. I mean, it's probably, probably three. Yeah, uh, I don't see it in the thing. Yeah. But you know, so fourteen cents a gig for a two terabyte yeah, drive. Yeah, I mean, damn. What's well, just out of curiosity? The one terabyte is the same. Fifteen cents a gig. The one terabyte. Uh, in March 2018, they extended the warranty period for the SanDisk Ultra 3D SSD from three to five years. Ooh. Well, nice. Ooh. nice find, Ken. Five five year warranty. On you a- better jump on this because I think it is a limited time sale. Uh, yeah, this probably won't be there when the uh, drive five year warranty on a, on a seriously budget consumer part. Damn. Yeah, just do it. Do it. In- <laughs> just. Do it in, in the hopes. The, take my money. Do it in the hopes that it breaks and they haven't. They're not making them anymore, and they have to send you something better <laughs> <laughs> in its place. Now you're thinking. See, there you go. Uh, but honestly, I mean, I don't really question like Sandisk's reliability generally. So 
Like, They're a solid, solid group. Yeah, should be a solid thing. Now, if you beat it up with a bunch of random rights, you might actually cook it. But, you know, Steam Game Drive. Just, set, your uh, expectation, set your expectations low. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never be disappointed. It's solid state. It's two terabytes. It's faster than the hard drive. Buy a lot. One more yeah. you need to know. Hell, buy two. Don't, don't buy two. Yeah. Buy. Okay. Yeah. Next. Uh, Ken, what you got? Uh, let's say you had a significantly more expensive SSD you wanted to do some stuff with. Like an M.2 SSD? Yes, like an M.2 PCI SSD. Mm-hmm. M.2 NVMe, perhaps. Right, right, right. Let's say you wanted to hook that up to a computer externally. What would you do? Uh, like a desktop computer that doesn't have Thunderbolt? Or a notebook. Well, I notebooks don't have Thunderbolts, but you know. <laughs> notebooks can have Thunderbolt. Way more notebooks have Thunderbolt than <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like you know, but if you want to also hook it up to a desktop, you meaning you want like because this is USB, not Thunderbolt, right? Listen, you ruined it. Sorry, damn it, Alan. You can now hook up M M.2 PCI Express SSDs to USB 3.1 Gen 2. We've seen these bridges come out of China. They've kind of finally started hitting more. Western companies have started making their own and rebranding them. Uh, we tested one of the Chinese variants a couple weeks ago. It performs quite well. Yeah, it's a J-Micron controller, controller. Yeah. which isn't a bad thing in this case. Yeah, it's just a bridge. Yeah. So it's not, you know, it's not like an SSD controller yeah. per se. So this is the Chinese one we bought that doesn't actually have a name that I bought on Newegg and had to wait four or five weeks to come over yep. on the slow boat. Slow boat, literally. And then this, which we just got in, is the my digital SSD M2X, which is the pick for 40 bucks. Yeah. Prime on Amazon. It's not much bigger than M.2 SSD. Yeah. Non-stock until October 3rd, but it seems to be, it seems like it'll be a nice, quite good. nice smaller housing. They, they machined in like heatsink fins into the housing itself. Yeah. It's one solid piece of yep. extruded. Yeah, extruded aluminum. Actually, I think those are just extruded uh, heatsink fins. Yeah. I don't think they're machined. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then uh, it comes with a thermal pad that you should trim down so you're only cooling the controller and not the flash, obviously. You know, listen, listen to your Uncle Alan on that one. <laughs> um, although for something like this, since the whole housing is going to kind of like get warm anyway, uh, you probably are okay just doing using the whole thermal pad anyway. Um, but yeah, uh, I... Glance at the results before we started. Uh, it's basically going to do the same thing that the other, that the the one off the boat from China did in the roundup that I did, um, like a couple of weeks back now. Yeah. So it's going to be the same kind of thing. It's just going to saturate USB three point one Gen two. And you're getting get it ten gigabit out of it, about a gig per second. It's not no. going to go as fast as the NVMe part in it necessarily. Although if you find some you know super budget like. Intel, like, like, what, 600p or something, maybe, just for really cheap. Like, find an SSD that you know is only a buy two SSD or buy four, but wasn't necessarily that fast because you're going to be bottlenecked more by the the USB side um, anyway. This solves a problem that we have quite often. I don't think a lot of people run into very often where you just need to grab a file off of a M.2 drive. I mean, IT people... Could run into this pretty often. You could use this to image new computers that have M.2 drives in it, whereas, or you'd have to deploy the image on the notebook or come up with some other solution. Yep. 
just the ability to plug an M.2 drive in externally uh, is very beneficial. One note on this, we'll have the review up probably before the next podcast, but um, one note on this, I believe it showed up as a regular, not 4K sectors, it showed mm-hmm. up as a 512 byte sector device. It was a direct conversion, yeah. which I don't think the other, I don't think the one from China did. So I think they had their, that controller configured differently. Yeah. Um, you do 4K sector size, so it's bootable on a Mac. Yes. Which you might want for some of these products, but. Oh. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't really hurt performance that badly on the Windows side, except for like, you know, if you're doing a bunch of like file table writes and things like that, there are some Windows writes that are smaller than 4K, but for the yeah. most part, anything that's just in the file space is going to be 4K aligned yeah. and, and, you know, 4K clusters. So. You're what do you fine. know about my digital SSD as a company? Because they they they've they're kind of at the fringe, but they make some interesting products. And I mean, you know, their original uh, BPX before the BPX Pro were you know still pretty fast, used the Fison controller, but they were really just dirt cheap. Yeah. And I've had one in my test machine for like the last couple of years, a year and a half at least, and it's been you know a fantastic drive. But what? So What's it's, the deal it's, with it's them? basically just a, a group of guys that kind of like they were making some products before the BPX and those lines started, but they were just doing kind of like small. They almost did like the Tesla version, like they started with a couple of small things and like kind of like built up and tried to make like this. But, you know, the initial ones might have been a little bit pricier, but now that they're starting to ramp up their operation and get more products out the door, they're able to do better products for even cheaper uh case in point the bpx pro which i also have uh just completed uh testing on i haven't got the review done yet because it just ran out of time today um bpx pro which you picked last week right josh yeah a couple of weeks ago sometime yeah. uh is a tlc drive slc cache similar to a 970 evo except it beats it in several areas so and it's a drive that's like what it work out to? It was like twenty five. It's one twenty nine for the four eighty and two fifty nine for the nine sixty. Yeah. It's like twenty five cents a gig, ish. Too much um, compared to like a nine seventy Evo, which runs a, what around forty, I think forty ish cents yeah. a gig. Uh, so you're talking nearly half the cost per gig of a nine seventy Evo, and I mean it was beating it four K random reads and writes. That's just ridiculous. Like, it's 970 Evo, you'd figure, is like, you know, usually the Samsung NVMe parts are the king of the crop. Now, it's less than a year. It's already getting unseated by a product that's less than half the price. That's yeah. insane to me, right? It's really dang good performance. Um, it's like these controller people are finally figuring things out. Yeah, well, it's Silicon Motion, and Silicon Motion is pretty good. What, Fizon? No, I don't, think this, I don't think this one's Fizon. Or wait, is no, this one the Fizon it's one? it's Fizon. Yeah, this one is the Fizon one. Yeah. So even those guys have caught up now. Silicon Motion yeah. usually is the one trying to give Samsung a run for their money, and Fizon's like more budget. Now Fizon's more budget. And, oh, by the way, they caught up. So, um, yeah. Cool. This is good, good stuff from that company. But, yeah, uh, it was, I think. Three- and they're the first to have this, what, E12 controller? out yeah i think this is the first one that's actually the fison e12 is yeah in like a actual product as opposed to i think there were some you know samples from fison floating around like just you yeah. know 
pre-production. Um, but yeah, I think it was like three, maybe four CESs ago. This guy named Doug just like emails me like a week or two before CES, like, hey, I might have like a product for you to look at. And you know, okay, you know, I'll try to, you know, because CES is on my time to like meet all these, you know, guys face to face. And I'm like, well, this guy might be sampling a thing. He might be like the face of the company. And uh, so I'm like, so where, where are you at? You know, and he was in like that back nine with like the rows and rows of stuff. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was that, that it was like a warehouse off to the Isn't left. Isn't my of the digital SSD center. out of Nevada anyway? I think they are, but like, I think oh. so. They were, so they were in like the back nine warehouse full of booths with like the all little, you know, Chinese LED toys and whatever, basically. And they were sharing a booth with another company even. And it was just the guy there with like his technical, uh, the guy that does it, bleeds his tech. Uh, side like his development side and like he just had some some i think they were just bpx's in in their blister packs just like sitting on a shelf and that's that's all i knew of them the you know at first little did i know that these guys were gonna really you know just they're gonna push yeah they're seriously pushing um you know it was bpx and they did the sbx which was like just a buy two ssd but like going for the budget side and now you've got bpx pro which is Similar to SBX pricing, it's 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 encroaching on 970 Pro performance, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. Especially, Especially with the 960 version. the The one terabyte capacity takes a decent jump in random performance. Like I'm talking, like you know, it's for the random score, it went from like twenty thousand to like twenty seven thousand or something. And I think the 970 Pro is like twenty eight thousand in that in that particular metric yeah, so for like two six 260 bucks that's that's yeah. really tempting yeah it really is <laughs> it really is <laughs> but we'll have the review of those up uh before the next podcast uh if i'm lucky it'll actually be up tomorrow since i have almost everything done for that um awesome yeah yeah uh cool stuff so um Let's wrap this. I didn't up. mean for the USB to NVMe to go into <laughs> no, a no, soliloquy well, about. I wanted to talk about digital SSD. I wanted to at least mention Did that, that guy on the podcast well, anyway, um, just so that we can at least mention it this week because, like, it's a good product, performance-wise. You know, if you're thinking of pulling the trigger on that and you see that kind of a deal, then uh, yeah, worth every penny, in my opinion. Um, PCPro.com slash podcast. Where you can find the show notes for this show, all the stuff we covered. Um, Twitter.com slash Ryan Shrout or Twitter.com slash PCPer. Uh, if you want to send us a note or drop us a line on the tweet thing. And uh, with that, I guess I'll say good night and see you guys next week. <laughs>